Johnny, put that big ass size 7 on and kick it for the homies. Words, beautiful words, really cool words. words Get smarter, words, go farther. Words. Say something scientific. I'm a silly guy. Get smarter with words. I am a good speller, I am. Get smarter with word from your mother. Positive words that start with you. The words that can come out of our mouth can change our life. Describe yourself in three words. Using big words can make you look stupid. Here's Johnny. And welcome to the Get Smarter with Words podcast for a beautiful Monday, December 7th, 2020, the 69th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Amazing. My name is Johnny Wright, and it is amazing that you are tuning in today. I'm honored. Thank you so much. A shout out to podcaster downloaders and listeners from around the globe, including not limited to Centennial, Colorado, just south of Denver. Hello. Adelaide, the capital city of South Australia. Listeners there, Marietta, Georgia, northwest of Atlanta, Hollister, California, in the beautiful Monterey Bay area, and Gleenick, Scotland, on the south bank of the River Clyde. Just a mashy niblick swing from Glasgow, which itself is 50 miles west of Edinburgh, capital city of Scotland. In spite of me butchering many of those words, I am of Scottish descent. My great great grandma McBurney, um, who I am not really don't really remember, but there's certainly pictures of her. And so I come from the land of golf, which is 18 holes and 19 arguments. There is no argument about tempor, tempor, business travel in one click. It's so slick. Go to tempor.com. That is T-E-M-P-O-R-E.com. This show, Get Smarter With Words podcast, is about the power of words and how we use them to tell our stories. And as we tell our stories, and as we listen to the stories being told, we can actually learn a little something. We can also take that knowledge and leverage it to help us transform into maybe even the best version of ourselves, and then to transform the world around us. Knowledge is great, but in impacting the world in, in some way with action is what brings that knowledge to life. And the more we listen to each other, and not just the people who look like us, talk like us, validate us, but also the people who do not look like us and may invalidate parts of us, the more we begin to understand that as much as we think we know each other, we really have no idea. A great example of this is Mark Twain. Did you read any of his novels as a kid in school? Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, and Twain is that lovable, scruffy humorist. Is how many of us see him. Well, it turns out that Twain, there's much more to Twain than that. Um, and some people see him as a flat-out racist, and some see him as the absolute opposite of that, as being a champion of the rights of African Americans. His book called Fables of Man, there's a section called The Outlines of History, and it says this, and you tell me if this is the twain that you think you know. Quote, Lust of conquest had long ago done its work. Trampling upon the helpless abroad had taught the country, by a natural process, to endure with apathy the like at home. 
Multitudes who had applauded the crushing of other people's liberties lived to suffer for their mistake in their own persons. The government was irrevocably in the hands of the prodigiously rich and their hangers-on. The suffrage had become a mere machine which they used as they chose. There was no principle but commercialism, no patriotism but of the pocket, unquote. You are about to hear one woman's story that in many ways supports the idea in Twain's fictional account, except hers is real. Her life, her experiences, her reality, and there's so much we can learn and I believe must learn from it. One thing we learned last week from the Department of Labor, that 245,000 jobs were added in November. That drops the unemployment rate in this country to 6.7%. Black unemployment rate is over 10%. Comparatively, white unemployment rate is 5.9% in October. The disparity between black and white unemployment has increased dramatically since the pandemic began. The disparity, and this is unreal to me, widens for those with less education. Black workers with only a high school diploma had a 12% average unemployment rate over the past year. That is above the 7.4% rate for similar white workers and above the 10% rate for white high school dropouts. In other words, blacks with high school diplomas have a higher unemployment rate than whites who dropped out of high school. Black workers also have a higher unemployment rate at each level of degree attainment than whites and Latinos. So no matter where you look on the spectrum of education and degree, black workers have a major disparity in terms of the unemployment rate. Here to give us some perspective on the bigger picture is Teresa Zilk. She was a recruiting specialist for Source 2, a former assistant grant manager for the Iowa Department of Human Services. She is the founder of Stories to Tell My Daughter and a spokesperson for the COVID Recovery Iowa program. She is also an African-American, a mom, a wife, an aunt, and our guest on the Get Smarter with Words podcast. We are so honored to have you on the show, Teresa. Thank you so much for joining us. Teresa, was there a moment that sort of captured in your, in your mind, in your life, where you feel like you had to fight, where you had to fight, where you were pissed off or tired or fed up because of um, because of maybe overt sexism or racism that you were facing, and and you finally sort of said, you know, no more. Well, I mean, I'm I'm a black woman before anything else, and and I say that because that is how the world sees me. When I go to the store, the world sees a black woman. When I show up on my job, the world sees a black woman. They see me as a black woman before they even see me as a woman in general. I'm a black woman. Um, so you always have to fight for what you want. Um, black women have to fight for space in the world. You have to. I, I don't know how to explain this to you or to anybody else so that they understand. I don't know how to explain that to you. I really don't. I mean, and to some degree, I get. Sometimes I get tired, and I know other black women, too, 
sometimes we get tired of trying to explain it so that people understand it mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it's, it's always been here. It's, it's, this is nothing new. It's nothing new. It's, always the same story it's always the same struggle it's really nothing new it's just that other people may be waking up to what is going on maybe because of black lives matter or me too or different things different movements that are happening but and i'm speaking from my perspective as a black woman um the struggle for equality the struggle to be recognized as a human being um the struggle just to be respected as a person, as a woman, um, that has always been the struggle for black women. So we work really hard at our jobs and we work really hard to get an education. Everything else that everybody else does, we just work really, really hard at trying to get what maybe everybody else might get that might, you know, you might have a, you have an advantage that I don't have and that I will never have. I was raised in a rural community, a farm community in central Iowa, uh-huh. and there I have very, very little um, interactions with uh, with minorities, people of color, and I, I I don't think of Caucasians in the same way that I see people of color. Um, in and there's um do do people of color see Caucasians? In that same kind of way, like I, I, I can't connect with you. I don't, I, I don't, I don't really understand you. I understand my color, my race, the people around me. I know what, I know what, I've grown up with. I know what, um, maybe friends around me or people that I've known. Um, I think it is probably, and I'll just speak for me. It's hard for me to understand how. You don't know maybe about my culture because I've had to know about yours. I've had to interact. I've had to go to school. I've had to uh, everything. How do I, let me put it this way? Um, white culture has the, the privilege of not knowing about mine. And you can forget about it and you can ignore it if you choose to. But that is the the very definition of what privilege is you know you can ignore my blackness and 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 for you it doesn't affect you my conversation with Teresa Zilk on the get smarter with words podcast Teresa we talk about people of color and I I've always felt that term has a is a double-edged sword it's it's both a good thing and a terrible thing the fact that we have to have the conversation about and talk about people in terms of their skin color in general. We all have a pigment. We all have a color. Um, and and maybe we don't have to have the conversation. I don't know. To me, it's... it's We're ha- well, it, we do have to have these conversations. We absolutely do have to have these conversations. We do. Um, this summer, um, with all the... Uh, the the uprising, and that's that's the exact word as to what is has happened and is happening in this country, um, because we chose in this country not to acknowledge race and the historical wrongdoings that have happened um, around that, the murders and the rapes and all those things, because people have chosen to try to ignore that to 
paint it in a different way or, you know, change the history about it. That's why all those things happen. That is exactly why. And then there's a whole system in place to support those those stories that aren't true, those this whole history. There's a whole system in place to support that. And it doesn't work for black people and other people of color or people who are gay. Um, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's no longer working. And that's why people protest and people start calling other people out because it's not right. When you came up with the concept for stories to tell my daughter, I know you, you, you've talked about how you were, your circle of friends were sharing their stories. What was the sort of the tipping point to take that and to build it into something much larger and much more influential as a platform? Um, I, I really wanted to do something or bring something different to my community. I thought very long and hard about the women who had raised me. I was raised in Arkansas. Um, and I thought about my great aunts and all the women that had had, um, a hand in raising me and how I would, uh, as a, as a little girl would listen to them tell stories. So they would, in other words, I'd listen to all their gossip. <laughs> I was a kid. that <laughs> I listened to all these things. Um, but I've always been somebody that is, that has been fascinated with listening to other people and listening to their stories. And I, feel that story is a powerful way to bear witness to someone else. Um, It's a powerful way to teach empathy. Um, And it's just a great way to bring people together. How is racism different or the same in Arkansas that you faced versus what you faced or have faced in Iowa? I left Arkansas when I was eight. Um, So, I mean, I guess in the South, um, racism is is probably more in your face as opposed to a place like Iowa um, where you have the whole Iowa nice thing going on. I put that in quotation marks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, the, so, the, so, so the implication may be that if we, we're patting ourselves on the back, but don't break our arms patting ourselves on the back. We may not be as quite as nice as we think we are. Well, of course not. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, come what? On. What? You come mean on. you mean we may be a little delusional, Teresa? Is this what I'm hearing? Yeah. Okay. We just had a presidential election, and how did our state vote? When when Joe Biden was elected um, president of this United States, and Kamala Harris as his uh, as his VP, what what ran through your mind? What were you thinking in that moment? I was glad that he won, um, but uh, the overall guiding thought for me was we still have work to do. We don't stop working. We don't. When, when, and what I mean by that is we don't. We don't stop um, working on behalf 
of our I don't stop working on behalf of my community. Um, I still keep supporting people who are um, fighting for justice on behalf of my community and other communities of color and, and other communities of marginalized people. The work is not over just because Joe Biden got elected and because uh, Kamala Harris is the vice president. We still have a long, long way to go. I remember when Barack Obama um, got elected and, you know, <laughs> of course, we were all re- elated, those of us who voted for him. Uh, other side, maybe not so much. Um, but I remember um, seeing and hearing uh, lots of reports about, you know, um, what did they call it? I think they call it a post-racial era or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's crazy. And so, and because and <laughs> it, it went obviously because, I mean, it, 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 it didn't, it didn't stop racism. It didn't stop any of those things that, that have happened. It didn't stop the shooting of young black men. It, it hasn't stopped any of that stuff. And the election of Joe Biden is not going to stop those things either. That, that's not, he, he, he has been elected president. Kamala Harris has been elected vice president. And that's great. Um, I, I think they understand as well that there's still a long, long way to go in this country. Um, I'm sure the changes that are needed aren't going to, they're not, I may not see those things in my lifetime. I may not see that in my lifetime. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not worth working for and, and fighting for to make sure that we have the changes and the laws and things that are in place to keep people safe, to make sure that people have fair and equal housing, to make sure that people simply can, um, their, their humanity can be recognized in this country, that they have the same rights as other people. You're on your Facebook page. You, you, you've got a lovely in, infographic from um, Dr. Jocelyn Fitzgerald. She's a professor at the uh, University of Pittsburgh. And the quote is, being poor or a minority literally destroys your health on a molecular level. And why do poor people and people of uh, color, African-Americans, have to fight for what has been, for A, what is inherent, and B, what is promised to all of us living in this country? Um, because A, it's not inherent, B, it's not been promised to black people, and uh, overall, uh, the overall answer to that is racism, systemic racism. Um, the country was founded on ideas that that wonderful ideas but unfortunately african-american people um were not included in that african-american people were not even looked at as human as fully human and the fact that laws went into place to keep us out of of having economic freedom uh, education housing all the things that contribute to a fully a fully normalized person, those things have been denied to us over a period of time, over a really long time. 
There is a story about Malcolm X who was approached after a rally by a white girl, and she asked him, what can I do to help? And he famously replied, nothing, and walked away. Can white people do anything to help advance what is a black movement? Get educated about the history of the country. Get educated about the history of African-American people and other people of color in this country and the struggles and the movements that they have established. Um, When you hear racist comments, speak out, call people out. You know, if you really believe that police brutality is wrong, call it out. Call your city council. Go to a city council meeting. Well, now they're Zooming them, but, you know, get on there and speak out against it. Support young people of color. Support black businesses. Support um, not just black businesses, but, you know, people of color who have businesses. Support them. This country has been built on the backs of Native Americans, African Americans, and because I'm a vegan also, I believe animals are part of that. White men have driven this country over the side of a mountain. What level of revolution will it take? How much splintering will it require before things fundamentally change so we we don't continue to revisit the same thing, the same lack of fundamental equality, freedom, equal access, all of it? What will it really actually take so that it actually sticks? We, we keep reliving it because I, I can speak specifically in terms of, of for race. We keep reliving it because white people are not willing to give up power. You're still willing to vote in people who are going to implement policies that will oppress black people and other people of color. So if the system is really going to change, white people have to be willing to change it. Everybody else, all of us, people of color, black people, we have been screaming and yelling and fighting, 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 trying to change the system. It's not really us that's going to change it. It's going to be you. And it has to be you. You have to stand up or stand with us. Your husband, Jason, was recognized as Firefighter of the Year in Des Moines by the Des Moines Rotary Club. In your house, who wears the, the, the bigger superhero cape? Is it Me, of course. <laughs> well, um, for all the guests that appear on the Get Smarter with Words <laughs> podcast, um, I, I will donate $100 to the charity of their choice. And so what is your charity of choice? My charity of choice. I, I was unprepared for this. Well, that's, um, what, that's what makes it so much fun. Well, if I was going to donate, um, let's see, where would I? I would probably say Hip Hope. Consider it done. A $100 donation will be made to Hip Hope. Help ignite people's hope over problems every day. They just held their Young Men of Color conference over the weekend. You can check out Hip Hope by going to the transcript of today's show. There is a link to their website at the end. I want to thank Teresa Zilk for joining me for today's inspiring 
program. Thank you so much. I also want to thank our show sponsor, Tempor. Business travel in one click. Check out Tempor.com. Wednesday on the Get Smarter with Words podcast, we will break down the most bestest thank you note in history, how to write it, how to build it, and why it matters. Until then, I am extremely thankful that you tuned in today. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful Monday, and I will see you Wednesday. Wednesday.